Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Great Detectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. When making your travel plans, remember JohnnyDollarAir.com. JohnnyDollarAir.com is a Priceline affiliate link, so part of the purchase price benefits the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio at no cost to you if you purchase through JohnnyDollarAir.com. Well, now it is time for the conclusion of this week's Yours Truly Johnny Dollar Serial. The original air dates, May 16th, 17th, and 18th, 1956. And this is The Matter of the Medium Well Done, Episodes 3, 4, and 5. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Tony Ricardo. Oh, I've been hoping to get in touch with you. Did you you receive my note? Was that your polite threat to kill me if I don't leave Carol Sharp alone? Yeah, I received it. And I have a sneaking suspicion the police department might be interested in it. No. Oh, please, I I guess I acted a bit hastily. Perhaps you let me talk to you. You want to take the threat back? That still stands. Then you don't leave me much choice. Talk to me first. Believe me, you won't be sorry. But I might be dead. Is that it? I want to see you. Can't do it now, but where can I reach you? Sunrise 39970. Okay. Meantime, don't get trigger happy. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location New York City, to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the matter of the medium. Well done. Expense account item 7, 85 cents. Cab fare from the Bell Towers to the 18th Precinct Station and Sergeant Randy Singer. So, you met Carol Sharp, huh? Yep. I put on an act that would have done credit to the theater guild. (laughs) Told her she looked exactly like a girl I dreamed about as a kid, a girl named Carol. Oh, no. She swallowed it? Not only that, but she gave me a lecture on veridical dreams and allied psychic phenomena. <laughs> you deserve an Oscar. Also, she wants me to go with her and see this Madame Morgana Morgana. Oh, good. When? Tomorrow night. Well, you're not figuring on skipping tonight's seance, are you? Oh, no, not a bit. I want to find out what this stuff is all about, so I'll be prepared for tomorrow. Uh, this dame you have lined up pretty good? She's got a big following. You ready to go? Oh, wait a minute. You said you had the file on Tony Ricardo. Oh, yeah, yeah, here it is, waiting for you. Yeah. Anthony Ricardo, alias Ricky Marino, alias Tony the Tip. There, here's his picture. Height 5'9", weight 172, eyes brown, hey, hair sparse gray, suspected member of the Dutchie Sperling outfit, 12 arrests, no conviction, started as a rum runner back... Hey, hmm? this is Tony Ricardo? It's the guy. Hmm, I would have sworn the man I talked to over the phone was in his 20s. Late 20s at most. You talked to him? After leaving an unpleasant little note under my door at the towers, he called me on the phone. What kind of note? 
Oh, nothing particular. Just a gentle suggestion I lay off Carol Sharp. Threat, huh? Still got it? But I'm sure that voice couldn't have come from this old geezer. Yeah, well, frankly, I kind of wondered about the Sharp girl being interested in him, even though the file does show he's always surrounded himself with a bunch of young ones. He, you know, he's probably handed out more mink coats. Oh, Johnny, yeah, wait a minute. Uh, old Tony's got a couple of kids. Here, Angela. Goes under the name of Angela Richards. At least she used that name at Bryn Mawr. Bryn Mawr? Yeah, and Sarah Lawrence College at Bronxville. Yeah, the old boy tried to keep the stigma of his past away from her, I guess. Yeah, you see, uh, married to a doctor over in Hackensack. Respectable housewife. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the other? Anthony Jr., age 26. That was uh, last year. Let's see, that makes him 27. Now, Rutgers University class... Not much on him. Unless I miss my guess, he's a chip off the old block. Well, you know where I can find him? All I have is his phone number. What is it? Wait till I see and talk to him. Yeah, that may be too late. He's what I think he is. Why not ask this medium about him tonight? Yeah, that... Hey, come on, we're late. Let's go. Item 8, twenty. Cab to an old brownstone house somewhere over in the West 40s. Way west in a district that had seen better days. We were greeted at the door by a tall, gray-haired old gentleman, dressed in black, except for his white gloves, that somehow reminded me of a pallbearer. Come in, Mr. Singer and Mr. Dollar. Clarabelle is about to begin. Psychometry is the mood this evening. Follow, please. How do you know our names? Oh, I had to give them to him when I made the appointment. Now, what's this uh, psychometry business? You'll see. Oh, wow. Music gives me the creeps. Yeah, I think. Into the temple, please, and be seated. The temple turned out to be an old dining room. Bare wooden floor, heavy drapes over the windows. And as nearly as I could see, a bunch of chairs around in a circle filled with people. The sockets in the ancient chandelier that hung from the ceiling had red bulbs in them that barely glowed. We could hardly see a thing, although I'm sure the light went up very slightly when we made our entrance and then down again as though somebody was controlling it with a rheostat. Our eyes were almost used to the semi-darkness by the time we seated ourselves in the circle. Nobody spoke, and the weird music from that scratchy record was beginning to get on my nerves or put me to sleep or something. I'm not quite sure what. Then, suddenly, there was a flash of light and a puff of smoke, and so helping... What the sand? Randy! Shh, quiet. This is all part of the act. Shh. Greetings. Greetings, Greetings, friends of the unknown, friends of the mystics, of Botan the Indian boy, and the seventh son of the seventh son of Harishnu the mighty. And there she stood, in the center of the circle where the flash had gone off. Are we all in the mood? She stood there draped in what looked, even in the dim light, what looked like a slightly soiled bedsheet, pulled in around her ample middle with a hunk of coarse rope. She wore a sort of turban... Or maybe it was just an old dish towel wrapped around her head. A faint odor of gin pervaded the room. I guess her feet were bare, for she made no noise as she walked slowly around the circle, holding on a shallow metal tray. Taking a collection so soon, I wondered? Each of you place upon the tray some object very close to you, something you have had a long, long time that has become a part of you. Huh? Shh, you'll get it back. And if the spirits are with us and there are no dissenting minds among us, if Botan, the Indian boy from the world beyond, is willing to act as our control, 
We shall learn many strange things this night. Place something close to you upon the tray. Uh, will this watch me on? You must not speak, but keep the mood. Keep the mood. Are we all in the mood? Yes, 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 yes. And now, dear friends, while I meditate and establish contact with the spirit world, Hemingway will pass among you for the tiny assurance that you join us in all sincerity. Now join hands to create the flux that will join our thoughts and minds and hearts and open the doors to enlightenment for all of us. Five dollars. Botan, are you with us tonight? Five dollars, please. Botan, will you answer Five us? Five dollars, Are you with us now? Is that Botan that answers our call, or the little sister, Hyacinth? Ah, it is Botan. We may begin. I hold this ring. I feel the paramagnetic forces arising from it. This belongs to a businessman south of here, I seem to see clothing hanging in a large warehouse. Yes, yes. And the sound of many machines, sewing machines. Yes, yes, that's right. And many young girls working at the machines. One by one, she picked the objects off the tray, held them in her hand, and gave a kind of character reading of the owners. Occasionally, somebody in the circle would respond in a way that made it sound like she'd guessed right. Other times, she'd just make with a lot of generalities that could apply to anyone. Finally, she picked up my watch. This watch, I see tall buildings of stone and strange signs on them. I don't know what they mean. Tri-mutual, universal adjustment. Huh? Randy. And I see great sheaves of papers carefully folded. And on each one it says, policy. Policy, I don't understand unless... Insurance, yes. This is fantastic. Wait till she gets to one I put there. The watch is from a young man. Clever, energetic. I will have many things to tell him at another time. But he must see me again. Often. And now, this other object that lay beneath the watch. I see a police badge. The cops! Oh, <laughs> now, look, officer. You look, Clarabelle. All we want is some answers to some questions. And you won't pinch me? Not if you tell the truth, Johnny. Yeah. Just how did you know so much about me? It certainly wasn't from holding that watch. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't. Though some there are who can do it that way. That I've heard. Well, go on. No pinch? No pinch. Well, when your friend called to arrange a being here tonight, Henningway... 
bum, he would walk out on me. Go on, would you? Well, Hemingway asked where you come from, so we'd know if the spirits was propitious there. That's what we always said. And I told him Hartford. That's right. So what's Hartford? Insurance. If a client's in insurance, he responds like you done. So I keep pushing it. And if he ain't, well, at least he thinks I done pretty good by describing the place he comes from. Yeah. What about the clothing maker right at the beginning? <laughs> Easy. He called from a hotel, so he calls the hotel back and gets his address. You told him he was from the south of here. Sure. Woodbine, New Jersey. Only business down there of any account is clothing and small farms. Well, where'd you find that out? State directory, any library. And anybody could see he was a businessman, not a farmer. Well, I'll be. And hooking him that way tonight, you could have had him coming back as long as he could afford it, huh? Sure. And if it hadn't been for you, you okay, double cross. Okay, okay. Now, what about the others? Some we get the dope on and some we guess at. But there's always enough good ones to keep going. So easy. And yet, I must confess she'd had me stop for a while. We talked with her a bit longer. Randy warned her to watch her step and we left. Took a taxi back to my hotel. Well, did you learn anything? I should hope to tell you. What do the church-going spiritualists think of her kind? They hate him, and I don't blame him. Hmm. Are you still going to see Madame Morgana Morgana tomorrow night? Hmm, yeah. Well, mister, that one won't be so easy to expose. If you can expose her. Johnny Dollar. This is Carol, Johnny. Oh, hello, Carol. I've made the arrangements for us to go to the seance tonight with Madame Morgana Morgana. Good. What time? Eight o'clock. Only it's across the river in New Jersey. Will you have dinner with me? I'd love to. But we'd better make it pretty early. Pick you up in your penthouse at six? I'll be waiting, Johnny. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location New York City. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the matter of the medium. Well done. Some pretty strong pressure was being put on Carol Sharp to change the beneficiaries of her $110,000 life policy. And she was very much under the influence of a psychic medium who insisted that she be named as one of the two new beneficiaries. The other was to be a Tony Ricardo, whose father made quite a record for himself in the bootlegging gangster days of the Roaring Twenties. I met him at Susan Palmer's Oyster Bar over in Radio City. I must admit I was surprised at the sort of fellow he turned out to be. I guess it was a little, well, extreme to threaten you that way, Mr. Dollar. That's putting it mildly. But this whole spiritualism business and the hold it has on Carol, well, it has me terribly concerned. You don't like spiritualism? I didn't say that. You know, just as well as I do, there are a great many fine, honest spiritualists in the city. But as in any other field, there are frauds, racketeers. So I've heard. It's not only true of religions, but businesses, professions, anything, you know. Sure, sure. But now look here, Tony. Dollar, I will not have you or anyone else leading Carol on. This medium who's already has such a hold on her. Do you understand? Pardon me, Tony. Your background is showing. What? I say come off it. This kind of act won't work. What are you talking about? Do you think I don't know you're one of the two Carol wants to name as beneficiaries of her policy? You and that medium? That's not my doing. Whose doing is it? That medium, Morgana Morgana, has been taking Carol's money by the hundreds week after week. 
Now you've come along to encourage her, and Della, I tell you to stop it. Tony. Maybe that story you gave her about dreaming of her over and over when you were a kid and couldn't even have known about it was true, but I don't believe it. Tony, you. that was made up out of whole cloth. I still... What? This funny decision to switch your policy around is the case I'm assigned to. Wait a minute, you mean that... Yes. I had to meet her somehow, so I used that device, knowing she might fall for it because of her implicit belief in such things. Yes, but now you're encouraging this whole thing. You're even going to see this Morgana Morgana with her tonight. Because if she is a phony, it's the only way I can show this to Carol. Well? I hope and pray that you can, Mr. Dollar. Some of the best psychic investigators in the country have been stumped by her. How are you going to go about it? I won't know until I've seen her operate. Even then I may not know. Or maybe this medium isn't a fraud. Oh, come on, of course she is. But you can't prove it. But you or somebody must. Carol will change her policy and... And And then turn up dead. Won't be easy, Mr. Dollar. I've attended these seances with Carol, many of them. There have been times when I've almost been convinced myself. Waiter. Waiter, some more coffee, please. No, no, no more for me, thanks. You're going to need it, Tony, because I'm going to keep you here until you've told me every detail you can remember of this Madame Morgana Morgana seance procedure. All right, I'll help you all I can. You'd better. I'm still not forgetting that if I fall down on this job, you'll cut into Carol's insurance for a neat $30,000, in spite of your sweet talk. I'll say this for Tony Ricardo. He was thorough. And I began to believe that he was serious in his concern for Carol. Item 12, 10 cents, one fold call to Tommy Green. No, no, Johnny, no trouble at all in getting the rundown on Carol's family that you asked for. Keep talking. Apparently, they're doing all right there in Mochunk, PA. Uh, neither the mother or two brothers will ever have to really get out and dig for a living. They're all man left and well set up, huh? Yeah. Uh, one of the boys, Harold's, turned out pretty well. Works in some office over there, even though he doesn't really need to. What about the other boy? That'll be Dave, the black sheep of the family. Travels with a fast crowd, tears around the country in a sports car, that sort of thing. Oh. Right now, he's somewhere here in New York, just playing around. But, uh, Johnny, are you getting anywhere on this case? Yeah, Tommy, I think I am. Especially after what you just told me. Huh? Item 13, another phone call. This time to Sergeant Randy Singer at 18th Precinct Headquarters. Yeah, Johnny? Got a real easy one for you. What's that? Find a man. Name is David Sharp. Home address, Mockchunk, Pennsylvania. Chunk, Pennsylvania. Got it. Description? None, though he's probably in his 20s. Well, that's not enough. And he's probably staying at a hotel here in the city. Well, yeah, but where? What part of the city? Let me know when you find out, will you? Yeah, now, wait a minute, Kate. Expense account item 14, $106.80, and it includes cabs to several camera shops. One miniature camera with an F2 lens, a couple of rolls of special film, some very special flash bulbs, and a tiny flash holder. Item 15, taxi back to the towers to clean up and dress for my date with Carol. Then the phone rang. Johnny Dollar. We located David Sharp for you, Johnny. Just dumb luck. Now, who knows, Randy? Maybe you're psychic. Nah, leave us not have that stuff. Where is he? Found him staying at the third hotel we called, the Aberan over on East 53rd Street. Not two blocks from that palatial joint where you're staying. Is he there now? No, but he always comes in just before dinner time. Hey, you still haven't told me why you're interested in him. I'm not sure myself. But do me a favor, will you? Like what? When he shows up, put a tail on him. I want to know where he goes, how long he stays, and when he comes back. But you won't say why? Not until I'm sure I know why. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, but I haven't said... Thanks, boy. Dinner with Carol could have been one of the pleasantest things in years. But I'm afraid I was preoccupied with matters at hand and she with anticipation. She's promised to try to hear from Daddy again tonight. Oh, Johnny, I so want to speak to him again. 
Finally, I signed the check. We hopped into a taxi and headed across the river to the Jersey side. We ended up at a rather plain but nice home somewhere on the outskirts of, I guess, it's Union City. We were met at the door by a matron of about 45, I should say, who looked like an ordinary, respectable housewife, except perhaps for her quick, discerning eyes. Good evening, Carol, my dear. Oh, and you must be Mr. Johnny Dollar. Yes, uh, Madam Morgana Morgana? Yes. Do come in and meet the others who are here to form the circle tonight. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Carol told me nothing about you except your veridical dreams of her. An amazing experience, isn't it? Perhaps you're really psychic. Oh, I, I doubt that. But all our friends thought my kid brother Richard was before he died a couple of years ago. Richard. Richard. That name has been haunting me ever since Carol telephoned. You don't suppose... What, madame? Oh, no, of course not. Now, um, here in the parlor are the others who will be with us tonight. Uh, may I present Mr. Johnny Dollar, Mrs. Dorothy Jessup... How do you do? Mr. John Price... Hello. Mr. Samuel Froelich... Hi. And, of course, you all know Carol Sharp. Good evening. I see no reason why we shouldn't start. The atmosphere has seemed almost electric tonight. Very conducive to good contact with the, shall we say, the netherworld... Oh, oh yes, you may smoke if you like, Mr. Dollar. We're very informal. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. Just sort of a nervous habit, I guess, flicking this lighter. Oh, um, incidentally, I... <sighs> I hope you tell these people of your dreams after we're finished. <sighs> oh, dear. The atmosphere is tense. We should begin right away. Well, yes, I'll... I'll... The six of us sat down in a small circle. On the floor were three long, slender metal trumpets, like Halloween horns, but made of thin metal, spaced about the center of the circle. In the subdued conversation of the next few minutes, I learned it was through these that the spirit voices would come to us, that they would rise in the air and the voices would issue from them. From time to time, there in the pitch-black room, I snapped the cap of my lighter... As a reminder of what it was. You mustn't light it, Johnny, you know. No danger. This one hasn't even got a flint in it. I do hope we get some messages today. I think we will, Mr. Froelich. I have a, a feeling that we will. I have that feeling, too. Very strongly. From what Madame told us, you must have definite psychic powers, Mr. Dollar. That should be helpful. Wait. Wait. The power's here. I feel it. Almost as though she were suffering Come physical to us. pain. We are ready. The medium sighed and gasped. And we waited and waited. <laughs> it's hard to describe the tension that comes of waiting that way in a completely darkened room. And it's easy to see how well the imagination can work, the powers of suggestion. There was a slight sound. One of the trumpets. I heard it move. Yes. Yes, so did I. That means that they are with us. Seem to move toward you, Carol. I, I hope so. Yes. Yes, I can feel it in the air near me. Father? Father? Carol. Carol. Oh, Father, can you speak to me? There's so many things I wish to ask you. Yes, dear. Yes. Yes. It may not sound like much to tell, but believe me, this was impressive. The death-like silence broken only by the faint voice from the trumpet, the whispered questions by Carol, 
an occasional sigh from the medium, and the shutter of my special little camera, which I hoped sounded enough like my lighter had sounded. Yes, Carol. Always do the things I tell you to. You are a good girl, my darling, and you give me great happiness in this lonely, in this... Father? Father? Goodbye, my... Goodbye. Oh, Johnny, do you see? Do you see? Because only he and I know the things we talked about. Feel the trumpet is still near us, and John, perhaps. John, John, Mr. for you. Yes, Richard. Yes, John. Dick, I've waited so long to speak to you. Dick, my brother. The brief conversation I carried on with my dead brother Richard was amazing of things in my childhood that I thought nobody else even knew about. Personal, intimate things that can only be known to a brother or someone equally close. It was fantastic, amazing, awe-inspiring. Except for one thing. I never had a brother. I didn't tell this to anyone. I played it straight and even stayed around and discussed my trumped-up dreams after the seance. But I needed proof, and I couldn't wait to get back to New York to the police lab where I could develop the infrared film in my little camera. Johnny Dollar. Good morning, Johnny. This is Carol. Oh, hi, Carol. Sleep well? Johnny, you were so quiet on the way back from the seance last night. I hope it's because Madame Morgana Morgana convinced you of her powers as a medium. Uh, how much did you pay her for that seance, Carol? A hundred dollars. A hundred? Want to meet me in the coffee shop downstairs for breakfast? I'd love to. Fifteen minutes? Fifteen minutes. Goodbye. Oh, and weren't you thrilled to hear the voice of your dead brother again? Yeah. Bye. Except that I never had a brother. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location New York City, to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenses during my investigation of the matter of the medium. Well done. Expense account item 18, 10 cents, phone call to Carol Sharp. Item 19, 10 cents, phone call to Sergeant Randy Singer. Hey, I thought you were coming down here to headquarters this a.m. It's nearly 10 o'clock. Soon as I've had some breakfast... Your lab get those films developed for me? They're working on them right now. And did you put a tail on David Sharp? Carol's brother? Yeah. I suppose you know he was over there in the neighborhood of that seance over in Jersey last night. I would have bet on it. Didn't you see him there? No. Well, that's funny. Just keep that tail on him. See you later. <laughs> Item 20, 1070. Long-distance call to the city editor of the Mock Chunk Pennsylvania Herald Express. For a full half hour, I asked him questions about the Sharp family about one member of the family in particular. Then, item 21, 585, breakfast for Carol and myself in the coffee shop at the Swank Bell Towers. You must have been impressed, Johnny. You're so quiet. Would you like to see Madame Morgana Morgana again tonight? Johnny? 
Carol, I think we'll see her today. Oh, but she couldn't. She always says it takes a full day to recover from the shock and strain of a seance. She goes into a deep trance, you know, in order to make the spirits move those little trumpets about and speak through them. Listen, Carol. Yes? You have a brother, David. Oh, David. Why do you say it that way? He's not really a brother. He was just sort of taken in by mother when his parents died. I'd rather not speak of him, Johnny. The black sheep of the family, huh? Mother, mother insisted on taking care of him. He was only 12 or 13. I've forgotten. Father didn't want to, but he permitted it. Why didn't he want to? Because David's father had been a criminal, and his father before him, even David's mother was... And my father was afraid. Yeah, that blood would tell. Yes. Your father left money to him, along with the rest of you. Yes, he did. But not as much. And David has resented that. But no matter how much he had, he, he wouldn't have enough. His sports cars, the fast company. Johnny, how did you know about Listen, that? Listen, Carol, I'm an insurance investigator. What? I came down here to look into this matter of your wanting to change the beneficiaries of your policy to cut off your mother and brothers in favor of this medium and Tony Ricardo. Johnny, I hate you for this. Why didn't you... I didn't dare let you know until I found out a few things. This is the most... And I think I have. Including the fact that Madame Morgana Morgana, who persuaded you to make the change, is nothing but a clever fraud. No, that isn't true. And I'll prove She's it to a... you. If you'll call your boyfriend, Tony Ricardo... Tony... Take him down to the 18th Precinct Police Station where I'll be waiting for you. But Tony hasn't... You think because his father was a kind of gangster years In ago... In Tony's that... case, I hope blood won't tell. 18th Precinct, both of you. All right, Johnny, we will be there. <laughs> Johnny, the picture took last night. Oh, thanks, Randy. Hmm. Uh-huh. Hey, why'd you ever get the idea of using infrared light and infrared film? Anything else, anything that let them know I was taking pictures would have busted up the seance. Hey, look at this one. Yeah, you know, I'd like to publish those. Scare a lot of those phony psychics out of business and out of town. Oh, here's the one that I... Oh, Mr. Dollar, we're here. Hi, Dollar. Oh, hello, Tony. Miss Sharp, Mr. Ricardo, this is Sergeant Singer. How do you do? Hi. And now, will you please show us this proof you were talking about? Yes, Dollar. How did you make out, huh? Made out very well, Tony. Thanks to a miniature flash camera I had tucked into my pocket last night. I guess you wondered, too, how Madame Morgana Morgana worked her record. He did not. Tony knows as well as I do that she's completely honest. Like any normal person, he may have questioned the almost miraculous powers of this woman in the beginning, but no trumped-up tricks that you... Where, where did you get this picture? And look at this one. Oh, she... She's moving that trumpet herself with a long kind of extended handles. Extension grip, they call it. She probably hid it in the front of her dress. Oh, no. But these pictures in that dark room... I... Infrared photography. Maybe she did use one trick. But the voices came from trumpets floating about in the air above our head. Then look at this one. Taken when your father was supposed to be speaking to you. Oh, no. That little trumpet has a long tube on it. Yep. Extending into that curtain doorway at the end of the room where somebody could whisper through it. Oh, this is terrible. And the hundreds, the thousands of dollars I gave her believing in it. Yep. I'm afraid you were really took... Here. Here's where my dead brother, Richard, spoke to me. The hanging trumpet is over your head. Yep. But how could she know? I didn't tell her... Oh, yes, you mentioned your brother. A completely non-existent brother, Carol. Oh. Made up. Like the dream of you I told you about. And I believed you, too. 
But how could she find out all those things about me? Miss Sharp, a couple of nights ago, I took Mr. Dollar to a medium that was a bum compared to this one. She told him all about himself. Have you forgotten what I found out about you and your brothers just in the last 24 hours? Oh, I... I don't know what to say. Don't try. We've still got to pin this whole thing down. I'm sure this Madame Morgana Morgana wasn't working alone. But who could be... How about it, Tony? No. No, not Tony. Just because his father was... Oh, no, please. Oh, thanks, darling. I got a report here, Johnny. Apparently he's moved again. And you guessed right. Yeah. Then we better get going. Can we use a prowl car? No, but we can get an escort as far as the city line. Then come on, all of you. The cabbie with his accelerator on the floor had a ball training our escort across town. And we had to hold him down when we finally reached the Jersey side. Randy Singer obviously had no authority over there. But as it turned out, I'm glad he came. When we pulled up to the home of Madame Morgana Morgana, I couldn't help noticing a Studebaker Golden Hawk sticking out from behind the house with a Pennsylvania license. I wasn't the only one to notice it. Johnny, that looks like David's car. I think it is. Come on. Hey, Johnny, I'm out of my jurisdiction. Oh, yeah, maybe you better wait. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Johnny, I knew David was bad, but... Oh, I still can't believe it. I know how you feel, Carol, and I'm sorry. Mr. Dollar, wait a minute. Johnny. Johnny, if you do a thing like this... I'm he'd... ready for anything. Look, Mr. Dollar, why don't just you and I go in? If anything happened to Carol, I'd never... Oh, Carol, dear. And Mr. Ricardo and Mr. Dollar. Hello, Madame Morgana. Do you mind if we come in? Why, no. I... But not for another meeting, of course. The strain of last night's convocation is still with me, I'm afraid. Yeah, maybe you ought to uh, up the price for your next seance. But there ain't gonna be no more. Mr. Dollar, I don't understand. Come on, Carol, Tony. We're going to look over that seance room in broad daylight. No, you can't. I I won't let you destroy the sanctity of that room. Oh, yes, you will. I'll lay it on the line to you, madam, whatever your name really is. This monkey business of yours has gone far enough. So this is the room. What terrible things you're saying. You take a thing like spiritualism that a lot of honest people believe in and make a dirty racket out of it. Carol, this man is mad. Make him leave this sacred place at once. Carol, what right have you to make such horrible implications? Implications? Those were accusations. Would you like to see how those spirits of yours move crumpets around in the dark? They couldn't be seen. And how those spirit voices suddenly appear out of thin air? Look at these pictures. How did you get these? I cannot tell a lie. I did it with my little camera. Well? All right. All right, you've exposed me. But there was nothing malicious about it. If you knew the solace, the comfort of mind and spirit, these things have brought to the people who come to me. At a hundred bucks a crack, sometimes more. Why not? Carol has money. So have the others who come to me. Did you plan to make them all turn their insurance policies over to you? And then contrive to have them suddenly and unexpectedly join their immortal ancestors in the great beyond? No, no, that wasn't my idea. Oh, oh, I knew something like this might happen. It has happened. Now, where is he? He's... No. No, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Your assistant, or colleague in crime would be a better word, who stood inside the curtain door of the seance room and made with the phony voices of the dead, who gave you all the information on Carol, who's probably done a nice little research job on me since my visit last night. Yes, Mr. Dollar. David. I know all about your activity as an insurance investigator and why you're here. But it's not going to do you any good. Oh, put that thing down and give yourself up, David. So you're the one who arranged for me to be a beneficiary of Carol's policy, Stand huh? Stand back. So the suspicion would fall on me when something happened to her? Of course. And give us a chance to clear out. 
But now it's too late. And now that you've found us out. Well? David, no. The last somebody turned up. Look out, Della! Look out! Are you dirty? Pull a gun on me, will you? Easy, easy, Johnny. Control yourself. I'll knock you. Randy. If you'll just get up off my chair. Here, here the lights. But, David. When I flicked off the lights, Tony here made a dive for him. Here he is, wrapped up in the corner there. Yeah, I've got his gun. Ooh, you got a mean left there, Johnny. Oh, I'm sorry, Randy, but... See, I thought this was out of your jurisdiction. <laughs> I get curious about comparing your lousy photography with the room itself, Johnny, so I sneaked in the back door. When I saw what was going on, I... Well, I, I lost my head, I guess. All right, Dave, up on your feet. Oh, Johnny. Easy, Carol. Better get her out of here, Tony. Yeah, sure. And... Remember that crack about blood will tell? Well, I think you can prove to her that in your case, at least, whoever said it was all wet. Well, what happens to David Sharp and Madame Morgana Morgana will be up to the courts. It's a cinch she's out of the ghost racket for a while. A long while. And, of course, Carol did make a change in her policy to cut off David. Expense account, item 20-something, cab back to New York, hotel bill, and fare back to Hartford, 4 Expense account total, eight ninety two ninety. Oh, and if you don't mind, I'll hang on to that tricky little camera and stuff in case I run into another medium well done. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's intriguing story. Next week, the tears of night matter. A fabulous necklace and a fabulous girl. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote this week's story. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Lawrence Dubkin, Lorene Tuttle, Perry Bartell, Eleanor Audley, Joseph Kearns, Herb Vigran, Junius Matthews, Tony Barrett, and Sam Edwards. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back here. Give Johnny credit here. He managed to outsource all the difficult legwork to others. Uh, without any additional expense. He got the insurance agent to research Carol's family and got Randy Singer to search hotels for the brother. Johnny's camera setup was clever, but he got lucky that they accepted his story about the lighter clicking habit. Less people smoke these days, but I wonder if there were or are people who actually like their lighters like that. I've never seen that, but then again, I'm not any expert on smoking habits. John Abbott noted in the Who is Johnny Dollar matter that in a taped interview, Jack Johnstone stated he'd done a lot of research on psychic phenomena for the summer 1950 uh, true crime series Somebody Knows. So this script made sense for him to do since he already had extensive knowledge on the subject and could adapt it to the radio program. I'm glad that Tony turned out not to be a bad guy, and that becomes a counterpoint to the blood will tell line of Carol's father. Although it might be a good idea for Tony to get out of the habit of sending death threats to people he's mad at uh, to avoid those sort of misunderstandings. More than anything else, the story's, you know, the big thing that's important about the story is it served to introduce Johnny's recurring New York police uh, friend, Randy Singer. And that seems to be uh, John Stone's big aim in the scripts he's written so far, introducing characters like Pat McCracken, Harry Branson, and now Randy Singer. What John Stone really seemed to want to do was move Johnny towards being a real person with real friends and associates rather than a character whose friends just come out of the woodwork whenever it suited the plot. John Stone does this one script and one story at a time, so he never tries to introduce too much to the listeners at once. But by the time Bob Bailey's run as Johnny Dollar ended in 1960, there was a definite sense of Johnny being much more of a real grounded person than many of his counterparts of the era. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and we have a voicemail sent to us at 208-991-4783. Yeah, my name is Chris from Knob Lake, Kentucky. That is a real place. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast for about six months now. And I just love the great detectives of the old-time radio. I just love Adam, his insights. Uh, I can't wait for the new episodes of Johnny Dollar. I wish the serial came all, out all on the same day because the anticipation through my work week to wait for the final episodes of Johnny Dollar just kills me sometimes. Adam, I love what you're doing. You're doing a wonderful job, and just keep it up, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your kind comments, Chris. And believe it or not, Knob Lake is not the least likely name I've heard for a place. In fact, it was funny. I was just kind of curious, like, uh, yeah, how many Knob Lakes are there? And there's actually a Knob Lake in Idaho, as well as one in Alaska and Indiana. I definitely appreciate where you're coming from. Now, I've suggested to others who have uh, raised the issue that you just save the uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar cereals for Friday. You know, you, you get it on Tuesday, don't listen on Tuesday, and then listen on Friday. Now, if you do need to listen to something on Tuesday, I'd recommend uh, 
checking back in our archives on Tuesday because if you if you've been listening six months, we have more than three years worth of podcast on our main uh, podcast feed. So that's what I'd recommend by my estimation. We'll be through the serials completely by the end of March. So this is not something that will continue on forever because alas, we're going to run out of serials. Thanks again for the voicemail, Chris. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Mike, Patreon supporter since July 2015, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Mike. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. If you're listening on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. All those great things that help the channel to grow. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But join us back here tomorrow for Dragnet, where... That's close enough. Cigarette, Carney? I'm not smoking right now. What are you trying to prove? You know what I want. We're not going to let your brother out of jail. You got until 9 o'clock to change your mind. According to that clock on the wall, you got 24 minutes. If we go, you're going with us, Carney. Don't take much of a brain to figure that, copper. What made you think you could get away with this? Haven't yet. It ain't 9 o'clock. Unless that clock's slow. Haven't checked it against my pocket watch lately. That's the one that's running this show. Have you given any thought to all the innocent people that are going to go up with that thing of yours there? My brother's innocent. I want him out of jail. The court says he's guilty. He'll get out when he serves his time. That's where you're wrong, copper. He gets out at 9 o'clock this morning. All right, come on, Carney. Get your hand out of that box. Put the box on the table. You think I'm bluffing, don't you? I'm going to let you get within five feet before I make a liar out of you. Okay, Kearney. I guess you mean business. You can take three more steps and find out for sure. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.